Everybody comfortable? Well, you sit up so much. When well. are we going to announce you're leaving? Whenever you want. Camera's rolling. She's uh, leaving. What? This is all news to me. <laughs> what? Who are you people? The cat's pregnant. Welcome to Bonehead. So, welcome to Bonehead, folks. <laughs> we do have a sad announcement. We'll be talking about it later. Haley will be leaving us at the first of the year. Well, you just talked about it, so I guess you're not talking about it later. We'll be giving more details as we go. We're going to miss Haley. I'm getting fired. Haley did not get that fired. That is not the case. That is not the case whatsoever. In fact, we offered her a raise. Work. I said, what does Haley make? James says nothing. I said, double it. <laughs> and now, of course... Since we won't have anybody to help us, you know what type of ride this is going to end up becoming. <laughs> yeah, it just gonna... happened to be on the table next to me. That's, I had to work it in somehow. Yeah, I really want to know how much shit you're, how much stuff you're pulling off your desk because it seems like every time you're getting something new. It's just a white background. That's a that's it a terrible nice. movie with some great scenes I in it. Remember. It's a terrible movie that's fun if you don't think about it. It's a terrible movie with some great scenes and some great dialogue, but it is nonsensical uh, shit fest. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe, that, that that's not something that you enjoy. Why don't we clone seven more of you so we can finally have this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Right, I'm going to stop pulling stuff off of the table. Uh, for you people listening, he held up Hellride. And Hellride is directed and written by Joey Bishop's son, uh, Larry. Larry Bishop. And then he he said seven more of me. He held held, held up the hateful eight. So we're here today with Haley. Haley's on the couch. That's Chad. And that's Chad. And that's James. Of course, you all know us. The reason Haley's on this special episode is because I need emotion. I need emotional support. That and James got a cat pregnant and he <laughs> needs an intervention. So. Haley's leaving us. There's a few episodes that we want to get done that Haley's going to be on a few episodes with us because we want to do those before she goes out the door screaming, going, they held me down here, they held me down here, this is not my choice. <laughs> and what is one of the things that we promised our viewers we would do, even though James swore that he would slice his wrist if we did another one and of them? And then nobody has asked us to finish either. <laughs> Haley, what is it? It's the episode nobody wanted except for me. Stephen King Part 5. <laughs> Part Five. <coughs> we have now officially dedicated five episodes to Stephen King. Of our Vibuda version episodes. What are you doing? James, are you scratching your arm? Are you slicing your wrist? Oh, he's slicing. <laughs> Holy crap, I actually thought it was blood. It's too dull. It won't. <laughs> out, out, damn spot. Curse you, Cadoba. <laughs> This is going to take a while, kid. Seriously, Start where talking. is all the crap coming from? <laughs> James just pulled out a plastic knife and is now trying to slice his wrist with it. This is from Kadoba. This isn't the Carrot Top us. episode. This is Nobody Steven. doubted you ate it, Kadoba, Tubby Lumpkins. No, listen. This is Kadoba, but <laughs> listen, Kadoba, I will blame this on another restaurant if you sponsor us. That's true. So, this is the Stephen King episode. This is going to be our last episode on king if more movies come out sorry <laughs> done. This, we're done if we do it it'll be 10 years from now we'll be old men uh really <laughs> i'm still spry 
You don't look it. Yeah, well, some of us have fully functioning ankles. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't know who that is. God, that is a long straw. I told you, it's going to go up his nose. <laughs> so, let's go through this as we go. So, we actually... Oh, my God, quit making that face, James. <laughs> what happened was with the Stephen King Part 4 is that we wanted to try to cut... There were three parts before it, and it was the one that followed. <laughs> This is pretty much our Saw 5. <laughs> so what happened was is that we we were got towards the end of that episode. And he said we we. And <laughs> that's that's French for P. So we got to the we we. Even I forgot what I was gonna talk about. You guys sucked. So what we did, and we jammed a bunch of stuff into the last 20 minutes of that episode. Haley got pissed. And then we decided to cut it at that. I'm serious. Does that anybody was, else remember? She went, got yeah. mad as hell over there. Yeah. It's happened more than once, folks. She got mad as hell over on the other side of the camera <laughs> that we jammed about 15 movies all into the last... Right. It's about 12 minutes, really. Right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She sent it to us, <clears throat> so we refreshed what we saw, what we did, and we're going to do a proper send-off. Stephen King Part 5. Haley's here on the couch with us. Let's get started. So, Stephen, Stephen King <laughs> was born May 28, 1949. We're not going all that far back. And and was elected uh, as representative for Iowa's 4th Congress. Not Congressional that, District Stephen King! In 2013. Now listen, Stephen King is well known for his anti-immigration, anti-multiculturalism stances. That's not the same Steve King we're talking about. Well, according to Stephen King on his Twitter, he's tired of people getting him confused, so I thought we should get this other guy out of the way. Well, he's not the one. We're spending this fifth episode on the writer, Stephen King. The movie we are going to talk about now, first... Rid of Stephen King's anti-people speeches. I feel even more for you. So just calling him a writer won't separate him. What did you say? You gotta speak up. They can't hear you out in TV land. No, I just now feel your pain more. So the first ep the first book movie we're going to talk about is Bag of Bones. Bag of Bones was directed by our friend Mick Garris. And by our friend, he won't do the show, but we do enjoy his post-mortem podcast. Bag of Bones. Stars Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Has anybody read the book other than me? I actually have not. It's a, it's a good book. I enjoy the book. It's not one of my favorites. Uh, the book... I mean, we're not, I just don't want to say something's better than, like, oh, the book's so much better than the movie or in the miniseries. But the miniseries, it's probably Mick Garris's worst movie. Yeah. I mean, I still have not finished Bag of Bones. It's, it doesn't, I don't, it just doesn't flow like the book. In the book, he's a writer. His wife's dot is dead. Uh, she's trying to contact him. He needs to help this other lady out, who's a single mother, who this family's trying to take her kid, who was the father of the brother, or is the the family of the son. Of, oh, by the way, this is convoluted. Spoilers. <laughs> really, bag of bones. I don't know. Spoilers. They're going to rush right out and watch that Pierce Brosnan. Pierce, Pierce Brosnan is a gem. He is. In Miss Doubtfire. He, no, he's an amazing actor. It's just not a very good movie of anybody's... I don't have a lot to say. Does anybody want to defend Bag of Bones? How can you forget he was in Miss Doubtfire? He got hit with fruit. Years. 
That's what you're going to bring up? He yeah. got hit with fruit? And Miss Doubtfire. Yep. You know, Robin Williams is dead. I know. God. Nakatomi. Nakatomi. Anyway, anything else to add to Bag of Bones? <laughs> Let's talk about the Carrie remake. Oi. Now, which Carrie remake? Because there's been several. Well, they're going to talk about the Chloe Goretz, Moretz, Kurtz, CMG. Okay. It, <laughs> who likes it? Not me. James? Um, truth be told, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? I, I watched that, that sequel to the original Carrie, The Rage. That's bad. That's, That's bad. bad. And you know what that movie did accomplish? It made you mad? It put me in a rage. Yeah. And rage. I believe Carrie 2, The Rage, If I, I, gotta, I have to look it up. I believe the oldest son from Home Improvement's in that. Yeah. And he loses a text, text, testicle. I don't remember about his balls. I can't remember. I think I, thought I might have that wrong. That's how forgettable it is, folks. So, let's talk about the remake. I don't think it's a terrible movie. Uh, I agree with Haley. It's a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. It's just a PG-13 version of Carrie, the, the Palma film. The only thing I think that, that's in a slight improvement that I like that they took away from the book that's in that movie is uh, not Carrie, but the other character's name. I can't remember her name. The other lead lady... Um, is pregnant. Sue Snow. Sue, Sue is pregnant. And it plays in, in the book. It's not in the other Carrie movie, the original De Palma film, and it is in this one. And I do think it gives a little credence of why she doesn't kill her. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Of, of she's pregnant, Carrie's not total evil, but Carrie, we talked about this in yeah. previous episodes, yeah, yeah. so we're not going to get into that. They did make one change that I like. What? They said it in more modern times, so where Carrie's being bullied at the beginning of the movie, they're taking pictures of her on cell phones, they're posting it, they're tweeting it. It fits with the time period better. That, yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah. 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 Okay. Under the Dome. We've got Under yeah. the Dome over here. It's a good book. Well, it's a great... I love that book. Good book. I don't care for the ending. No. It's another one of those king endings that yeah. I'm not crazy about. Can write, can write a wonderful book. Can't do an ending. I mean, he can. He can, but... Some of Some them are of them not. Are. They're not even close. I, I love the book. You've read the book? Love the book. You love the book? I love the book. I'm not talking to you because you won't read. Okay. Moving right along. I'm, okay, he's blinking, so I know it's not buffering. Okay. Yeah, why don't you get to buffering my truck? That was the worst joke ever. Anyway, yeah. moving right along. So, <clears throat> Under the Dome was made into a miniseries. No, it was actually. Well, I made it into a series. I'm so sorry. It was it, supposed to be a miniseries. It lasted two seasons. Oh, I think it did three. It did three. Was it really three? It shouldn't have. It should have done one and stopped. <laughs> no, no, doing? James. Go back to your reading. Seriously, where? I bet there's nothing but like a huge. That's like the only spot where you can actually move around in your house. No. The rest is pizza boxes and Diet Mountain Dew bottles. And then various. Props for your. Props. I have seen your bachelor pads before, sir. No, you no, just keep, keep pulling place, things out. I keep this place clean. You know why? Because I call because thirty-seven of those. Uh, he is now holding up a book called "The Thirty-Nine Deaths of Adam Strand," which is not Stephen King. So let's get back to. Okay, so they 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 took a long ass book that right. takes place over a week that pretty much delves into almost, I shouldn't say all of them because you can't do that, 
but a plethora, a ton of characters in this little town that we experience their lives and how the dome affects them. Each does it very well, too. Very well, right? Yeah. We follow each one of those. The big baddie is... Big Jim. Big Jim, Jim Reed. Depends on who Jim, you, yeah. Jim... I forget the name, but yeah. Yeah, it's Big Jim. In the show, he's played by a guy from Breaking Bad. Bad, yeah. The brother-in-law. The brother-in-law from Breaking <laughs> Bad. What did you say? His name Dean Norris. It's Dean Norris. Thank you, Haley, for being on this episode. Oh. We can't remember shit. <laughs> I think D- Dean Norris is a fine casting choice. I think John Goodman probably is a little bit more. What was when I head. when I was reading the book, when I was reading because he's book, much bigger than Dean yeah. Norris. Yeah, well, not anymore. But when no, I was physically physic- in the book, he's his yeah. character is. And when than I was Dean reading Norris. the book, that's exactly who I was envisioning in that role was John Goodman. John Goodman pre weight loss. Yes. Yeah. Driving around in a he drives around in a Humvee. Yep, in a Hummer. So uh, he's a big guy who's he's a he's a town selectman. He runs business that he he's business. There's other business on the side that goes into what makes the uh, dome. One day it, is it Parker's Mill or something like that? I don't know. I it's, say Chester's Mill. Che, it's Chester's Mill. Doesn't matter. Thank you. Thank you. Chester's <laughs> Mill. One day a big freaking. Dome goes over Chester's Mill. And let's talk about that first episode. I don't know how you feel, but that first episode of uh, Under the Dome is fantastic. It's pretty good. And it's it captured, close it captured everything in the book, yes. which got you excited. And then they just kind of petered out. Petered out. <laughs> season one's not bad. No. And if they'd have left it as a season and wrapped it up there, probably would have been a pretty good series. Yeah, it, it's. <sighs> Can we talk about the differences between the series and the book a little bit? Sure. All right. First of all, the the book is one week. Right. It doesn't end well for most. No. In fact, most what, people, what what Stephen King book does it end well for everybody? Well, even the to, the Tommy Knockers is is everybody ends up dead. Like, yeah. That's one of the differences between the 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 book and the miniseries. The, the mini the book is much more dismal when it comes to that. Same thing with Chester's Mill. Most people don't make it out. Correct. Mm-hmm. In the mini in the series, I need to stop saying that. It just kind of goes bug crazy, batshit crazy towards the second season. And the first episode of the second season it's is good. written by Stephen yeah. King. It's really good. Is it? It's kind of a slasher kind of thing, isn't it? Is, it is, but it fits with. I mean, from watching it, you're like, yeah, Stephen King wrote this, and then you get to the rest of season two, and we're meeting characters who have mysteriously been under the dome the whole time. They just now showed up. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Oh, it's kind of yeah. lost thing too, you know. Yeah. You would sometimes meet people in Lost that you didn't know, right, James? Yeah. Right. Thanks, James. One oh. episode, everybody gets a fever that only lasts for one day. Yeah. So not look, in the book. I never could. Oh. I, I, so off topic. How do you feel about being the new James? <laughs> yeah. Why did we bother? Oh, you're good, James. I'm not going to close it. I, I'm not allowed. Oh, no. You, you do you, Lash. So it really was three seasons, and then it ended on kind of a cliffhanger where they're out of the dome and where they've got to go. Well, they weren't, the show wasn't, they didn't say, okay, this is it, we're wrapping up. They were canceled. They were canceled, yeah. So, yeah, yeah they didn't. We it didn't kind of gave them. a half-ass answer to it, kind yeah. of. I never watched the third season, so it doesn't give any kind I of... I saw the last episode. Right. I saw the last episode. I didn't see anything. I stopped watching it after the first season. It, I wasn't impressed. I didn't care that much for it, even though I like Dean Norris and several of the other actors. Yeah. My favorite comment 
Some, I don't know who it was, said, can we please cancel the show so Dean Norris can go on to better things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, it's, a, it's a, by having a, uh, a title card pop up saying that, you know, they kept going, hoping beyond hope that their next leap would be I beyond knew he was, I knew he was building to a Quantum Leap reference. And then beyond Dome. Did it ever thunder in the Dome? Why can't we get up beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> so the next one is Haven. We Haven. don't need another hero. Thank you, Rita. I could use a sandwich, actually. <laughs> Ooh, a sandwich sounds good. So the next one is Haven. Haven is based on a little novella that he wrote uh, as from a true crime thing. It's called The Colorado Kid. Yeah. Uh, I have a copy of it. And they build a series off of this kind of one character, and it's very, very three. loosely. What do you say? They built it off all three. I haven't read it in a long time. I don't remember it. I, I, I didn't get into the show. Did you watch the show? Yes. Did yeah, you I watch all, every episode? Mm -hmm. Did you like it? I did. It was one of those summer binge, nothing else is on shows. Okay. Did good. you ever watch it? It's on, it's, 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 yeah, it's on my Netflix queue to watch, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> did they, they didn't do like, an episode or two. Yeah, I saw the first episode, and I don't even really know how this connects. I didn't really particularly get into it. Do you all have anything to say about it? It doesn't really... I, I know some people that really liked it, and they didn't like it. They didn't come to it because of Stephen King. Right, right, right. It, it, it's kind of a Stephen King universe kind of thing, like Castle Rock. It doesn't necessarily, though, mean... It's not... Yeah. It's loosely based on the Colorado right. And there King. are episodes based on other Stephen King stories. Oh, okay. But they're not... Like, you don't have to have read Stephen King to get, get the that. Okay. 112263, I still haven't got to watch it, although I love the book. I love the book as well. It's a great book. It 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 takes place. A guy is able to time travel, goes back in time to stop the JFK assassination, mm -hmm. and that doesn't work quite. He does, but yeah. that doesn't work out well for us in the future. Right. That is the quickest, most brief... Yeah. Description of that without giving too much away. Right. And I, have you seen the show? No. I, I've seen most of it. <clears throat> <laughs> you didn't finish it? I don't... I believe I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I'm not a huge James Franco fan. I am in a right role, but he has to be cast correctly. Yeah, like, so the, So James Franco in The Disaster, disaster Artist? Fantastic. Fantastic. James Franco in this... Not so much. It just, it's, James Franco in Spider-Man 2 sucks. James Franco in This is the End, amazing. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fair in, um, what's the movie he did with, uh, is it Natalie Portman or Kira Notley? Doesn't matter. With, uh, with oh, shoot, Eastbound and Down. Pineapple Express? Oh, 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 Your Highness. Oh, Your Highness. Your Highness. Your Highness, we all three you. saw that together in oh, the hey. old Dollar Theater, the one that was over yeah, in yeah. Weston Green. Yeah. yeah, when it was still a Dollar Theater. Yeah, when it was still a Dollar so, Theater. So him and that versus uh, the with the, yeah, the great and powerful Oz. What'd you say? How does it compare? I need to know. <laughs> Inquiring minds. It just seems like this the the character in the book. It. There's a lot there in terms of his inner emotions of what he's doing. He's a divorce, a right? Yeah, he divorce, has lots a, of other issues going on. Yeah, and it's an interesting cat. And it just does not seem like James Franco can pull that off. He's just kind of there. Now, Chad, how close is it to the book? Very close. Who would you have cast? Ooh, that's a good question. 
I I would have cast a middle aged uh, character actor or or someone who. That's a man. You're not somebody. You couldn't do Robert Downey Jr. or someone like that. No, no. It would need to be somebody. But Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid would make a little bit more sense if he was in if it was nineteen nineties Dennis Quaid. I think he's a little too old right now. No, Dragonheart Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dragonheart Perhaps Dennis Quaid. But I don't know. He may be too good looking for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind of he's a school teacher, right? Yeah, he's a school teacher. I'm, oh, so maybe 1980s Christopher Walken. I knew he was going to say that. No. no. Christopher Lambert. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Mm. Mm. <laughs> did you just no, rub it, your nipples? <laughs> so did you, no, you, you didn't like it just uh, because of Franco? Just because of Franco. Idris, Idris whatever... Elba. Idris Elba. We're going to get to that in a second. Hold no, your no, horse. Oh, that's coming up. Time, or People's Magazine, Sexiest Man of the Year. He's a good-looking cat. I'm straight. You know why, he's though, a good-looking right? man. What? We, we know why he's now... Bro- I mean, because last year they gave it to Blake Sheldon. We, the reason why is that finally people that. realize Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance, <laughs> where he got that uh, Christopher Lambert bump. That Nick Cage and Christopher Lambert bump. That you're stretching. All right, so brought him to the attention of mainstream media. Next is a next was a movie called Cell. Cell is a fairly enjoyable book. It's about cell phones causing people to go crazy. They're not really zombies. It's more. It's really not the Romero crazies. Is kind of close to what it's more like. Mm-hmm. But can we, can we talk about that movie? Cause, sure, cause... I did. Hey, who saw it? I've seen it. Have you seen it? It's John Cusack. And I have seen Sam Jackson. Um, but but how that movie came together is wrong. It's a Stephen, terrible movie. But Stephen King has wrote Stacey the screenplay. Yeah, well, oh, and we've talked about this before. Blaming the screenwriter is about no, the know, same as going that key grip sure did screw up Transformers Four. I know, it's, but Eli Roth wanted to write the screenplay. Eli Roth was going to direct it for a while. Yeah. Was well, attached he to was it. going to write and direct the screenplay based on the book. Stephen King ended up writing the screenplay. Stephen King said he got so many complaints about the ending of the book that he fixed it in the movie. That's that's what he claimed. Um, I actually like the ending in the book. It's actually just one of his better endings. Yeah. And it's because the signal kind of changes and his son's got the thing in his head and he puts it back up to hopefully it'll fix him, right? Right. And that's how the book ends. I actually like that. I do. It's much better than well, the ending of the movie. What's interesting about it, and, and what, what I think is is that since they had Samuel L. and they had John Cusack, yeah, they gr- might yeah. as well have just made it 1408 Part 2 because it's got that same ship painting is in the movie. Oh, does it? It's a terrible movie. Bed, when he's sitting on his son's bed, look in the background, and in Cell, it's the same ship painting. They reuse the same one. They keep throwing out references to 1408 throughout the film. Um, Flight 1408 is announced a couple different times. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, James, I watched that when I was off on paternity leave, and I yeah. damn near almost couldn't make it through it. If it, it's, it's not good, and that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> it's yeah. a, it, it, have you not seen it? Is no, bad. I, I, it is I, I bad. couldn't make myself watch it because I love John Cusack what? and I love Samuel and Samuel L. Jackson. And there's no reason, and there's Stacey Keaches in. I mean, it's got a great cast, but it is. I don't. It is. It just looks like a. It's a low budget, shitty movie, but not like, in a good but, way. Listen to the movie and listen to the flights that are announced at the airport, though, because you will hear, hear flight 1408 is announced, 
and they keep also announcing flight A6. What's A6, James? What's A6, James? It's it's the virus from the, the stand. Oh. oh. But the other it's thing, A6. too, the, the other issue... So, I, um, <laughs> but anyway, the, the funny part about it is that film going. was made pretty quickly after the book and just wasn't released. Yeah, well, it was a couple of years, and it was it sat on a shelf for a while, and I can see why because it is just well, not watchable. It, in early 2015, two years after he finished filming, John Cusack was asked about it, um, and and you know when it would be released, when there'd be a trailer, when, when there would be something, and um, he finally just said, uh, "I I got cut out of any conversations about it. I can't vouch for it." I don't know what's up with it. And then finally, uh, Saban Film, Saban Film, is the one that finally acquired the distribution rights. And who? what else does Saban Films own? Power Rangers. Rangers. Go, go, Power <laughs> Rangers. Um, well, those, go, go, and don't watch Cell. Those I, mighty but, Morphin Power but, Rangers. Real quick about that. I'm not the, a fan of Vagabonds, but I wouldn't tell you not to watch it if you're a Stephen King fan. Don't watch Cell. Go ahead. The, the funny part about it is um, there are some people that say that movie was doomed from where it began. It didn't matter that it had Samuel L., that it had John Cusack, that it had however you feel about 1408. I, 1408 was enjoyable. I don't like 1408. but It wasn't, it didn't change the oeuvre for me. Well, but it, whatever. It, you know, um, 1408 is a very good movie. But the, but with Cell, too, let's talk about Samuel L. Jackson. Have you seen Cell, by the way? No. So let's talk about Samuel L. Jackson in that movie. The character that he plays in that book is a small, minuscule, possibly gay. I'm pretty sure he's gay. Did they come? I can't remember. I never. I thought was it was it allusion to they? So they did say it. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's gay. Um, man, and who do they cast? Samuel L. L. Jackson. Yeah. It just didn't fit. Listen, Chad. I want this. MF and signal off of my MF and phone. <laughs> All right. Um, so real quick though, the the backstory. Do you know the the production? This is the story. one he wants to talk about. Keep going. Well, sorry, this is the one that I actually know something about. <laughs> because it's John Cusack in it, who no. took away Nicolas Cage's movies that he couldn't do that week. <laughs> they did some movies together. Look them up. Um, but We're no, not talking you know, about the Killing Ground. Do you know the background on how this got made? Because it's a con. The movie was doomed from the beginning because it was a con. So, Benaroya Pictures, yeah, and I, I'm not making this company up, Miscellaneous Entertainments, yeah, formed an international sales company, not creatively called the International Film Trust. Yeah. International Film Tr Trust took the, let me drive this point home, not yet filmed movie sell and while they were at Cannes this happens all the time though yeah it's happened they sold off all the distribution rights now important here no US distributor would touch it because they knew it didn't exist but February 2015 Clarius Entertainment which was a new startup company said oh what's well, a King project we'll go ahead and sign on and all of a sudden that gave it US distribution rights on paper and it was supposed to be released theatrically in like 2015, back and forth, back and forth. However, Clarius ran into some other issues. Um, Clarius 
signed up to distribute three other pictures. Uh, they were, um, and so it goes. Has anybody seen and so it goes? Me neither. Uh, before I go to sleep, and most notoriously, I was hoping this story would be over before that, but it's not going to be over before I go to sleep. And most so it goes. Um, Legends of Oz: Dorothy's Return, which was written by Richard Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Call back, people! Oh my God, Chad! Three sixty. Listen, listen. We can't do that. I know. The voice, the voice, uh, the the cast of Legends of Oz is a great cast, much like Cell. We're not talking about Legends of Oz. Keep rolling. No, no, I know, but what I'm getting at is, Clarius then was done. Everything got screwed. So, jumping forward, I won't go through the rest of the companies that this ended up going through. Do you know why Saban is the one that came in and saved it? Because Saban's notorious for picking up cheap entertainment. They, they picked it up the same time they agreed to help another little movie that we've talked about before. What? Rob Zombie's 31. Oh. oh. They were both basically picked up and saved for distribution by Saban at the same time. Oh. The difference being Rob Zombie's was an easier pickup because the people were still involved. Oh. By the time Saban tried to save Cell, it was beyond saving. Uh, so that is the backstory behind Cell, and uh, it's it's uh, there's even quotes from John Cusack where they he, they ask him why he got the role, and he said that's because now I'm just getting cast as author because he played one in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, The Martian Child, 1408. There's there's eight. I think he's done been an author in eight films. There's before. another good one with he's helping out a young high school girl too. That's actually a good movie. I forgot the name of it. And that more. Oh, he also played uh, some young upstart writer in some uh, book called The Raven. The I'm book, sure the one you're talking it. about, uh, Joe, I think is called Adult Adult World. It's Adult World, yeah. Check out Adult World. It's better than The Raven. But anyway, which and The Raven's better than Cell. Yeah, The so, Raven's better. <laughs> well, that's not a knock on you, James. No, no, no. No, I'm not a huge fan of The Raven. Yeah, no. Which I'm was written by... Richard Stark. Uh, putting this into a hierarchy, The Raven's not a great film, but it's still better than I forgot about it until you said The Raven. Anyway, all right. So, the next one up, if we go chronologically, is The Dark Tower. Let's do this. Uh, the Dark Tower is... A piece awful. of crap. <laughs> it's a horrible movie. It is. Did you ever finally watch it, James? Me? No, I literally... This is, this is true. Um... I was at, I was picking up my copy of, of Mandy. Um, uh, By the and, way, he's not talking about the Blu-ray. No, no. <laughs> Mandy no. is a plastic doll. No, that's not true. You're going to hurt her feelings if she ever gets out of these shackles. Anyway, <laughs> um, the point being, uh, I kid you not, it's now in the 338. Is it really? I, well, it was. it is here. I, I, I can't speak, but literally, it's in there with um, uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation and, and, and those sorts of things. It's and one I of the few times I will say, poor, poor National Lampoon's European Vacation. vacation. Yeah. I, I kid you not. Well, at least that has Eric Idle going for it. I, 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 I agree. I, I almost 
picked it up. Big Ben. Parliament. I was like, I need to see this for the sole purpose because I wanted to actually hold it up and say, this is the best film ever. But I literally couldn't even bring myself to pay three eighty eight. I, I cannot bring myself to rewatch it, even though I want to, to see if it truly is the the abortion I thought it was I watched in that theater that day. The highlight of that movie for me was sitting next to him. Oh, oh! I mean, you're entertained. But <laughs> it was real sweet for a half a second. It was real sweet for half a second. I kept looking at her, and she told told me to shut up about three different times through the movie. Going, I, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Comments. You were like, is and, this in the book? Is this in the book? This is in the book because it's been, been ten years since I read some of it. Right? It, I oh, was yeah. still at Moorhead when I finished off all they those books. They told us it was going to be parts of one and three, which I'm already annoyed because two is my favorite, and they ended up cherry picking from all eight of them and then adding their own stuff here's the thing he should have and i who am i to tell stephen king and and stephen king has a great quote they did not ruin my book the books are still on the shelf they're right over there they can't ruin them and then by the way as an author i think he has the right mentality for that if you're going to sell them that's true no you didn't ruin my book my book is still over there on the shelf anybody who wants to read it can go read it I love the Dark Tower. It's probably my favorite. Uh, and thought, I don't know how to say it. The what would you call that? Seven books. It's the the original seven. Uh, you would call them seven books. But I'm trying to think. It's series. I guess is what I would say. It's my one of my favorite series of books of all time. Chad. Yeah. Haley. He refers to it as his epic. It is his it is epic. epic. Yeah. James, you're not, I know you're not. You haven't read them, but no, but, but and, and it, it actually made me think about, um, and I, I know I've read a, a couple Stephen King books. Um, I've read more Stephen King than I have Dean Koontz, but I, I do want to say it makes me think about um, because my favorite Dean Koontz book, Koontz book I ever read was Hideaway. Um, it is not an epic. How do you get from there to there? No, 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 I'm trying to make this point. If you look at the film, because because the Dark Tower has a pretty great cast. Yes. Hideaway, the 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 movie has Jeff Goldblum, Alicia Silverstein, all that. Yeah, that would be a stone. pretty solid cast too. Um, <laughs> Jesus, they, they, they just made the mistake of they didn't read the book they were making a movie about. Okay, what the hell does that got to do with the the Dark Tower? Because I have not <laughs> I have not found one person who has actually read any of the Dark Tower that actually says, "No, the movie's okay." Well, but, there was somebody on a blog I saw one time who said, "Yeah, it's not as bad as people say it is." It is. It is. It, and the thing is, is I, listen, as somebody that is not king obsessed, I think he, he is, is an immense it. talent. Um, <laughs> But even when when I'm literally sitting there in 388, and uh, I'm, I'm here alone a lot of times, and I've watched a lot of crap, and even then I'm like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and pass. And you should, should watch it. And should we talk about, like, the actual epic trail that it can't, we, we tried to that's get what to that I, That's what I want to talk about. So, for years, he wouldn't sell it. Right. For years. And we're talking years and years. And they, he sold everything. We're talking about a guy who would do a dollar agreement with college students and high school students for short stories. 
Great. You give me a dollar, you can option the short story, and then you have the option. And if it ever makes money, then you have to pay me. But just yeah, to do and if it, you look up on IMDb, you'll see a lot of those short films. Oh, there's tons, tons of the dollar agreements. So, and, and he's been great about that, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. And the most famous of those, and I think we've already talked about it, was uh, 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 Shawshank Redemption. Anyway, not not the dollar agreement, but of how that happens. Uh, Frank Darabont, that's how Frank Darabont got the woman in the room. Right. Which got him the relationship with him and stuff like that. So, he finally sold it to who, Chad? Ron Howard. No. No, who did he sell it to? J.J. Abrams. Oh, he was a huge fan of Lost, mm-hmm. and he thought if anybody could do it, it'd be J.J. By the way, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. He sold it to J.J. J.J. worked on it for a while, the story goes, and then said, no, I can't do it. It's it's just it's hard to It's dense. Yeah. And it is a ton of different genres. Right. It goes from horror to action to, some. I wouldn't say comedy, but there's a lot of humor in it. Eddie is a very funny guy. Yeah. Uh, There's a western romance. It's a western. Uh, in fact, Wizard and Glass is all about young romance. Right. The fourth book, of when we go back and follow Roland as as a young man. Yeah. It's all about young romance yeah. and falling in love, right? Mm-hmm. And and basically uh, getting your first hooking up for the first time and what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be confused with a bad romance. Right. It's all those different things, and what they did. Ron Howard was going to direct it forever. Nobody's paying attention to James right now. Right. Ron Howard was going to direct it. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. It was written by Akiva Goldsman, who is known to have written some bad scripts in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Batman and Robin and a few others. Correct? Right. The poor man's David Goyer. <laughs> I think David Goyer is the poor man's David Goyer, but all right. I so, mean, say what you will. Both of them have had some hits. But a lot of misses. Yeah, that's true. He's I, currently writing Titans. Clean it up. Okay. Miss. Akiva <laughs> Goldman. I didn't have the best hope, but Ron Howard has made some good movies. Stephen King came out and supported him and saying, well, he's a no-nonsense filmmaker, that this he's right for it. I have always felt in my heart, and I know most people who read the books, if they were ever going to adapt it, it needed to be Game of Thrones. It needed to be on HBO. However, Stephen King's always wanted it to be on the theater because he, the first, it's based on uh, the poem, Roland, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember John who wrote it. to the Dark Tower King. Yes, right. And him watching The Good and the Bad and the Ugly in the late 60s while he was in college and having that vision up on the big screen. Okay, we've said all that. I get it. I would have liked to have seen that on the big screen too, but I also know that those novels are dense, like I said, and you have to adapt them correctly, and you can't do that in an hour and a half or two hours. It was less than an hour and a half, wasn't it? It's barely 90 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was like 75 minutes. It's barely 90 minutes. And so, finally Ron Howard ends up producing it, Yeah. and they end up with a script, and the guy that wrote the, the, hold on, and I may be wrong about this, but, Correct me, Chad. The guy that wrote the screenplay for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, not the American version, <laughs> but the Swedish version, is the guy that directed it. I think you're right. Nobody that has directed anything huge before, right? Right. That's the guy. Right. How that happened went from Ron Howard to that is beyond me. I still can't still can't put that together. With a $60 million budget, whom I'm surely assuming they blew 
on Matthew McConaughey and maybe Idris Elba, but probably Matthew McConaughey. Probably Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew McConaughey, I'm pretty sure he was offered a role and has never quite said that he turned down a huge role in Marvel. I'm pretty sure he was going to play the character in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Ego. Oh, really? I don't know that for sure. Look that up, James. Typecast. <laughs> Which Kurt uh, Russell uh, knocked out of the park. Oh, yeah. Anyway. And I, and then we found out that he was going to play the man in black. And we were happy. We were excited. Yeah. We were excited. We were. We were, right? Why weren't you excited? Because he's one of those, I can't see him as anything other than Matthew McConaughey. And I want to see the man in black. I don't want to be like, there's McConaughey. Okay, so she pulled it on me earlier. Who would you like to have seen as the man in black? Ah. Ah. Have... <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. It's I wanted Christopher question. Walken. <laughs> I got one. John Glover. Boom. Okay. John Glover could have done it. David Anderson. Oh man, that would have actually. Yeah, I, I withdraw. You know what? I'll actually withdraw. I'm going to go with John Glover, but John David Glover. Anders is my second. Who's David Anders? He's one of those actors that's been in everything. You do any accent? Can you can you give us one? Uh, he was on Heroes. Not one of the accents. <laughs> not one of the movies. No, don't want Tell me a movie. Well, not to bring up Children of the Corn. It's a terrible movie. He's the only good part of Children of the Corn, the remake. Okay, so. That there, there you go. I know who I wanted to play Roland. So deep in my heart, and I'm pretty sure it's the same. Chad and I have this in common. Chad, who was it? Who would you want to play Roland? Oh crap, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen was born to play Roland this game. In okay. my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Vigo was born yeah. to play Roland this game. Vigo, right after Lord of the Rings, was play was born to play. Now. They got Idris Elba. Not exactly who I pictured. Not even an African-American thing, white thing. It's just not who I pictured. However, I thought Idris Elba's a really good actor. Yes. So they could have done worse. And I think Ron Howard wanted... Uh, uh, the guy from uh, No Country for Old Men. Skyfall. Skyfall. Oh, what's my the, God. What's the Spanish guy? Uh, Javier Bardem. Ha- yes. He wanted ha- Javier Bardem. I thought Javier Bardem wasn't a terrible choice either. Either one of those three would have been fine with me. Right. So they got them. Now, you got to think, these books are huge. They wanted them on the big screen. It takes the. It has one of the best opening lines of any book ever. Uh, the Man in Black... Uh, I totally screwed it up, and Roland followed, right? The Man in Black fled through the desert. Fled through the desert, and Roland followed. And, and think the Gunslinger of, followed. And the Gunslinger followed. Think about that on the big screen. The movie looks like a shitty television film. It doesn't open up at all. It doesn't even look like a movie. No. Am I right? And no. I'm not talking about television that you see now. I'm talking about it was made for the 90s television, 80s television. Yeah. Oh, look, we have a car that looks like Christine and a dog looks like Cujo barking so we can say that it's all in the same unit. It, it's ham-handed, every bit of it. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything positive about that piece There's of shit. There's nothing positive. The only good thing I can come up with is the kid that plays Jake did a nice job. Did he? I don't know. I can't barely remember. We saw this, what, last September or or August? Whenever it came out. It was last August. I I stole your popcorn. I mean, we were We were there. We were there Saturday or Sunday opening weekend, and I ate most of your popcorn. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of anything positive to say. I don't know. And and I then they kind of traveled to put two or three. You okay, James? 
two or three of the books together. It's kind of, you're right, it's a little bit of book one and a little bit of book three. And it kind of looks like he's already got the, if you're, if you're into the gunslinger, the, what's it called? The, the horn of, the horn. he's already got the horn. So he's doing this old version over again. I don't, should we give away and how? stuff the, from the breakers later in the series. Yeah, is there stuff from the breakers? Uh, James Earl Haley. Is, is in it for a few minutes. He's not bad for whatever reason he's there. Which is Jackie Earl Haley's Jackie in it. Jackie Earl Haley. He's Haley. good in everything. Though. Jackie Earl character Haley. doesn't come into like book six or seven, so I was like, why is Jackie he Earl Haley this? is one of the better positive things a RoboCop remake too. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I Joe, real say something. I, I was going to chime in real quick, Joe. You asked me about Matthew McConaughey and and what he turned down and all that stuff from Marvel. Yeah, he was going to be in a, he. They Marvel wanted him for something. You know what it was? Black Panther wanted him to be a villain. However, allegedly, from everything that I've been able to find, looking, um, it wasn't. It was going to be a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy two, but allegedly, it was going to be to set him up to come back later so it wasn't going to be ego oh. but interestingly enough for Adam? people that were considered to be ego listen to this list and some of the people that you uh, it's it's primarily Vigo Mortensen yeah. was considered for ego Gary Oldman Christoph Waltz Christopher Plummer Max von Stidow Alec Baldwin Ron Perlman Baldwin. Stephen Lang Bruce Willis Robert De Niro, Michael B. What the hell were you just said? This is a writer's room going, who would be great? And they wrote it down on the board. And Liam Neeson, yes. And that's exactly what, those are the people that they originally thought would make a good ego. But Matthew McConaughey wasn't on that list. So there is some speculation uh, that if he would have been cast, he would have basically been the villain they set up for the next. So Adam Warlock, like Haley just said. Yeah. Which would have been fitting. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I know yeah. he turned it down to do the Dark Tower because he wanted and, to do... And, and, and Haley's absolutely right. It would have been fitting because Adam Warlock is... Well, Adam Warlock. I wonder if he regrets that. I don't know. I, I tell you that Obviously I, not since we're not getting Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think... Oh, then we'll eventually get it. We'll get something of we'll it. Get we'll get Suicide Squad there's, 2 first. There's, there's too many dollars to yeah. be left on that table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... But I think Matthew McConaughey's a great actor. I think he could have nailed that. I'm telling you, that was the other thing I think that pisses me off the most. The movie sucks. It looks like it's shot. I mean, there's just no... Why, you just can't back it up. And if, for any of you all know, I'm, God forbid that you ever have to watch Murder Virgin, which is also shot in a lot of close-ups, but you couldn't back that camera up On 10 the feet. The we had, it looks Okay. <laughs> I'm sure Haley remembers me going, you can't back that camera up 10 feet and do one wide shot out there to make it look a little bit of cinema scope of wide open to the world, of how the world is open and how they're going. They couldn't do any of that. Oh, well, it's, it's all on dreadful. green screen. Though. Oh, then there are other worlds in these, but not in that movie. Not in awesome. that movie, no. There's nothing. Oh, my God. And he has powers. The Man in Black has powers in that movie. He does not have in the series. And if we had, we wouldn't have had more than book one. Man in Black also is... that's And that's a tough one because he's very... He's talked about all the time. Right. Yeah. He only shows up sparingly. Right. Sparingly through those books. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they ruined it. Yeah. So <laughs> We're just going to have to wait. There will not be a sequel. They'll recast it. Eventually, someday, somebody will come back 
and do it again. Right. They'll have the, these, the rights are out there. They'll do something. It'll be many years from now, but we'll see. It'll be a few years from now, and somebody will do it, and hopefully it'll be better. But I'm sorry we spent so much time on just bemoaning the dark. Do you guys have anything else no, to add let's to talk it? about what's next on the list. Uh, the Mist series, I didn't see any of it. Neither no, it didn't last past one season. Did you watch any of it, James? I literally, when when the trailer came out, Stephen King tweeted it, saying, you know, this is the series, blah, 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 kind of promoting it. Uh, and I watched the trailer going, well, this could be good. And I'm like, but how do you do it as a series? It's, I, it's kind of the same thing as Under the Dome. It never made it past the first season either, so... I'm sorry for your people out there, but if we're going chronologically, this is exactly how it came out. The next was It. Well, that went well. <laughs> By the way, that went well because of casting. Can we just say that? Is yes. that? I mean, yeah, it's a perfectly casted film. Those those kids I actually cared about. It like my own. And, and by the way, it's directed by a guy. I, you want to talk a little bit about the history of that, Chad? That's a joke. I love you my You do joke. it, but yeah, go for it. Well, you don't want to talk. So no, it you... was. It ended up being directed by Andre Muschietti. I think I'm saying it correctly. Um, he's a talented guy. I think he. I when he got the director's chair because he wasn't going to be the original director. The original director was going to be Corey Fukunigua. Fuka... Yeah, I can't <laughs> say. Corey Feldman. No. no, but he, he was he, also very talented. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did uh, the True Detective season one. He directed every episode of True Detective season one. Right. And once again, a great Matthew McConaughey performance where we didn't get that in the Dark Tower. Mm -hmm. He directed that. He was going to direct it. He still has writer's credit on that movie. Yeah, and he was. He got. He actually left the the movie because of. Uh, There's several different stories out there. But the, well, okay. So I don't know if it's true. Go ahead and tell your story. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fill in some holes on this one because I don't have my my notes in front of me. But he there was one specific scene that was really really graphic. So the what happens is in the original book, they all have sex with her. Yes, she lets them have sex. It's not right, but yeah. they're all underage and they all have sex. Before, right as they're going to confront Pennywise. Right as they're going to confront Pennywise in the middle of the book when the kids are doing it. So. Stephen King has said on record, if he rewrote the book, he would not have put that in there. Right. It does, and in the book, it does seem just kind of out of left field. Like, why are they doing that? In his mind, I'm assuming it was about love. It's yeah. about it's about them all accepting one another, and it's it's nothing. It sounds really tawdry, but it, I don't know that it comes away across that way. What do you think, Haley? Out of the youngest one of us all, it goes on for pages. Yes. And does I think it? it? Yes. But, I think. Go ahead, James. What one of the one of the things Stephen King said? Because um, if you follow him on Twitter, and you should, um, I do follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Somebody asked him about that about the time the movie was coming out, and um, he he kind of echoed what you said that you know well it was written at a different time and things like that. But then he actually said. I'm more worried that people are, are concerned about that more than they are that there's this thing killing children everywhere. <laughs> and, and it actually made me go, yeah, okay, touche. I mean, I'm not saying that that's okay. No. I'm just saying that, that Stephen King's point is, sh shouldn't we re be much more distracted by the fact that there's this entity that's out there that's just killing children and getting away with it nonstop? And, and he said, and that's kind of what he was thinking about when he wrote it was, 
it's a shocking scene, but at the same time, people got upset about that. And he said he got more, he, over the years, he's heard more about that scene than he had anywhere the children were killed, mutilated, maimed, and all that stuff. And he goes, that's always what makes me worried about people yeah. is they're fine with children dying left and right. But, you know, having, having relationships at an extremely young age. And he goes, and I, I get it. But he goes, nobody ever says, you probably need to cut down on killing children in your book, Stephen. So, so he he ended up leaving it. The story goes is that, that New Line didn't want that scene, of course. And then he, I don't know. I don't know if that, I'm I'm assuming it wasn't just that. Because yeah. you and I, we know enough behind the scenes stuff and how this works. It's not just one thing. It's usually multiple things, right? So... Andrea Machete came in, whom I think is extremely talented and was fine with because of one movie. He directed a movie called Mama. If you haven't seen Mama, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro. It is... Have you, have you seen it, James? Yeah, yeah. Mama is a, is a grim fairy tale. Yeah, it's about yeah, two yeah. girls raised in the forest by a demon ghost. Ghost demon. It, it, what are you smiling about? <laughs> We just Mama, make faces at each other. Mama, I'm coming. Home. <laughs> you haven't seen. You really should go watch Mama. I will watch it. No, I loved it. It's dark though. You, anyway, Chad hasn't seen it. I'm kind of shocked he hadn't seen it. You know, I was looking it up. It has Jessica Chastain. It came out and made a pretty good amount of money when it came out. It was a yeah, hit. Yeah, it was. It was a reasonable hit. A reasonable hit. Probably not enough to put him on the you know Mars, but it was a reasonable hit. So. I really liked that movie, so it was cool. It was, I, it's it's almost perfect. Yeah, and you know he says James said the casting is what made the film. Man, there are some the visuals in them in the movie though. They updated stuff to the eighties, right? Which made a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. From well, the fifties to the eighties. Go ahead. And I, I say the casting made it because. Um, you know, I mean, the, the scenes are definitely there, but the scenes don't work for me if I don't care about the kids. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, the same time, you know, you see the, and this is not in the book. Um, when the one kid's in the library and you, in, in the back, you see out of focus, the librarian becoming this weird, distorted monster. I don't even care what the kid's doing. I'm focused on that. <laughs> and it's creeping the hell out of me. And it's, and the girl, the lady in the painting Mm-hmm. The lady in the penny was updated, which yeah, which yeah. is not in the move is not in the book. I mean, what you've got to remember is in the book these it takes place in the fifties, 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 yeah, late fifties. So the things that were on screen then don't necessarily translate now. The Wolfman. So the the original miniseries did a good job with that. It's close to it, but I don't know that it's the same. Plus, last year we had season we were. All up in Stranger Things. The 80s are all around us. It was the perfect time to do that. Right. Don't you all agree? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, I, all the member berries that we talked about from South Park. Of, oh, remember? But, you know, the other part about this is, I think that movie has, I mean, it's became in some ways a meme type thing of its own. Because um, not too long after it came out, I think on DVD, where people could rip scenes from it. Somebody ripped the scene of him dancing. Yeah. Of it dancing. And they realized that you can put any music to that and it still makes sense. Oh, what are you so, doing there? James, can you get up and demonstrate? What now? She said, do you want to get up and demonstrate? 
No, no, I, I, I would, but I got this hip that I'm trying to keep in place. Can we uh, talk about? Can we talk about that scene though, real quick? Is that that's but, the only well, part? Real that... quick, what I was gonna say. Go online and look, and literally, people have put it to like there was one. It's amazing. You can find can where they did all the top forty the hits for a week. Miles away. And it syncs up fine. Yeah. Face. Is that scene though? Is that the only part that that's the only part that took me out of the movie for a brief moment? Why, I'm just like, why did it take you out? Because, because it's just out of place. It's not really scary because I think they were intending it to be scary. And I'm just like, what is that? How is that supposed to be terrifying? I think in some ways, no, I, I, it didn't take me out because I think it's it seems like a non sequitur, but it's perfectly fine that it's a non sequitur because he doesn't care. Yeah, he's not human. The the thing, <laughs> Mick Strawn ruined a scene for me. <laughs> yep. When they when it cuts to he's cleaning his mouth and then waves the arm at them, yeah. the bloody arm that he obviously ripped off of somebody. It do, it doesn't say it doesn't. I don't pick up on it. I don't notice it. And then freaking Mick Strawn, a wonderful friend and a great friend to this show, goes. Oh my God, Jesus! It's just a rubber arm. <laughs> and then I look at it and go, "It was just a rubber arm. They couldn't have found anything better than that." It works like gangbusters because I don't think about it, but I should have thought about it because I know enough how movies are made. Well, I think they were. I think that was part of the effect is they wanted it to be that floppy. You think? I think. I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty rubber arm. Yeah. It, I don't think if you rip my arm, it would. I mean, it, it bends in the wrong place. <laughs> but also, I can throw the same thing at one of my favorite films of all time, John Carpenter's The Thing. When when he goes down, when the doc goes down to get his arms ripped off, it actually doesn't rip off where it bites. Yeah. The gelatin rips off here. Have you ever noticed? Well, that's like also too. It's like, two inches up. That's like the end of RoboCop when the guy goes out of the, the, the building and, you know, that's obviously a real, the, mm. the arms are 10 feet long, you know. It doesn't uh, take you out of it. Anyway, I don't know. It just... And that, that's a meme now. Yeah. There's so many memes. The movie made almost $800 million. It made 700 some million dollars worldwide. And it brought back the R-rated horror film. And it back, brought back a, a R-rated horror film with a decent budget. Yes. We I, hadn't I saw one say, of those in a one time. Yeah, yeah it was a huge budget. And we, know who's to blame, budget. and we know who's to blame for the PG horror film. Who? M. Night Shyamalan. There's a lot of people to blame for it. I yeah. blame him. You blame him twist? for global warming. <laughs> so, and we're getting <laughs> it chapter two with another great cast. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the, most of them are. So they started out big. Jessica Chastain. Uh, James oh, McAvoy. James McAvoy. Bill Hader. Who? The only one I know. Yeah. The, no. The 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 the, uh, the old Spice guys. <laughs> Is he really? Oh, Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah. He's the old Spice Man. How do you know his name? No joke, he was on an episode of Chuck. Anyway. Huh. How do you... You have so many woman crushes. No, just remember random details. I'm ready to go for Jeopardy. Uh, You are ready to go for Jeopardy. I am ready to go for It Chapter 2. We'll have to all go together. Yeah, I was about to say, and once again, I think one of the reasons, and like I said, I'm not the diehard that you all are, but I think one of the reasons... um, because even as not a diehard, I had seen Tim Curry's it, and there was—I mean, there were people saying you can't top Tim Curry. 
I don't know that you top it. I think it's a different movie. I watched an interview. Yeah. Eli Roth did, and I know we got to roll Chad's ride onto the next movie. Eli Roth doing a documentary series. I encourage you all to go out. To, it's the horror series on AMC right now. And he interviewed Andre Muschietti. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, yeah, Tim Curry, there was always something missing to it for him. Mm -hmm. Because he's a Stephen King fan. And he said it's just something other not worldly. Like right. That was Tim Curry in makeup, and it's great. Yeah, he's very. it's very grounded in the first hit. But it's not, it's not from here. Right. If you're a fan of the book. Yeah. It's trying to be a clown that looks human and he. Not, he's not. He, he's he's not, not human. Yeah. Yeah. It's not from here is right. the best way to put it without right, giving right, away right. too much away. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It ain't from here. All right. Moving around along. A couple of the next ones are going to be Netflix films. I love them both, but specifically Gerald's Game. It's directed by Mike, Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. Who is directed The Haunting? Check it out. I haven't watched not one episode of it yet, but the I have The Haunting yet, of Hill House. Which has not had one bad review or anybody who hasn't said they don't love it. I loved it. There are people that it made because I, I, I have not watched it all yet. <laughs> I have watched the first 15 minutes and then something happened. It so is gut wrenching. The, I tell you, Gerald's Game is not a book I've read by Stephen King. I own it, but it's one that I still haven't read for some odd reason. And I love that movie. How close is it to the book? I haven't read the book. You, I damn loved the movie, though. It was yeah. great. And also, the other movie... Because Mike... it has two of my favorite actors in it. Yeah. It's Carla Gugino and... Uh, what's his face? Oh. Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood's a great <laughs> actor who's in a ton of stuff. Who's also a good Batman. Captain Pike. What? Captain Pike. Yeah, he, he is just... Captain Pike. He has the best line in that Star Trek reboot. He's a better Batman than Pip. He has the best line. It is one of the greatest lines in film history. I think it should go down as, Oh yeah. your father saved, blah, 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 blah. I dare you to... What is it, James? I dare you to... I, uh, um, oh, shoot. You got it really close. Um, yeah, I dare you to do better. was in command for 10 minutes or something, said some amount of time, and saved... Yeah. Um, I dare you to... It's not do better, but it's That's something. so sad because he just... It's great line. It's but just it a is, great no, movie and, line. And it is... And, and by the way, I'm a huge Star Trek fi fan, and Captain Pike was previously played by Jesus Christ. So <laughs> when you have an actor... Oh, along, Hunter. <laughs> uh, when you have an actor that comes along and takes that character... From Jesus from Jesus Christ, uh, and makes it his own in that way. For, and I mean, for our religious listeners and watchers, Jeffrey Hunter was a guy who played him, and he also played Jesus Christ. Just saying. Go ahead, yeah. James. It's all, it not often that I'm having to be the one who goes to... to... Was it in The Greatest Story Ever Told? Was yeah, that he played Jesus and something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> oddly, oddly enough, good enough to be Jesus, not good enough to be not replaced by William Shatner. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, so Bruce Greenwood is just a phenomenal actor. Gerald's uh, Gang, go out and watch it. Mike Flanagan. Also the director of Oculus. Let's Oculus is a good movie. Let's not forget Oculus. Uh, for a small budget film. It's it's good. And Karen Gillum is one of the nicest people out there. Go If you're ever in somewhere <laughs> to meet her. She is. She's a oh, huge yeah. fan of horror films. I really enjoyed my conversation with her. But um, Oculus, by the way, though, works on me. Um, because there's, I, I can't tell you everything about that movie still, but there's scenes that I just jump back to. Yeah. Like, I'm, 
I'm pretty sure apples are light bulbs. But yeah, so so Gerald's Game was a good film, but that wasn't the first Netflix Stephen King movie. What was the first Netflix? I thought it was not. I, I actually have it as that and then 1922. I thought 1922 came first. Well, 1922. IMDb, not, what'd you say? I love 1922. Uh, 1922, finally Stephen King adapts that girl up. Oh, the Telltale Heart? Yeah, it's... The Heart and the Black Cat. It's close. It's close. I, I mean... The, the, and, and by the way, I'm not. That's not a disparaging remark. By no. the way, and you know, Black Cat was written by Chaucer. It has one of my favorite actors in it, Thomas Jane. <laughs> you can't tell, but I'm squinting at you so hard, I just gave myself a migraine. <laughs> but anyway, it's... hold on. 1922 has Thomas Jane. It takes place during 1948. <laughs> no good reason to the color nothing. So much. I finally find the Stephen King project. Well, not have you album. seen it? 1922? Yes, yeah, it's on Netflix. Of course, I saw it. Um, I want to go back. I love it. I'll be honest. I, liked it I have a lot. not read it. It is a. It's a novella, right? It's a novella. I have not read it. I want to read it. Did you see the movie? Of the of the show. Did you read it? Um, it's pretty. The, the, I, it's the, pretty damn close. The the the, In fact, the movie the feeling of the show, and like I said there's there is that element of a telltale heart and black cat. There's a subplot that's pretty much Bonnie and Clyde like, and there's all this other stuff it going is, on. It is grim as hell. It's about a guy uh, during the twenties whose wife wants to move off the farm and wants to take her son and sell the farm, and he doesn't want them to. And then he ends up talking his son into helping him commit matricide. Yeah. Correct. Right. And then they bury her out back in the well. Um, and, and, and there's all these little things that I love. Um, but none of it turns out well. No. Um, <laughs> usually well, Barry, and don't. Uh, anyway, um, oh, those there's rats. little things in it, too, though. She got ratted where, out. Um, the, the, I mean, little, little things about, like, the books that Thomas Jane's character, um, Wilfred, are, is reading in some of the scenes. I they don't read Silas Marner, um, which is all about somebody that's obsessed with money. Mm -hmm. And Silas Marner turns around eventually and realizes that there's more important things than money. And it ends a little bit more positively. Um, but then the second book he's shown reading is The House of the Seven Gables by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Um, if you're familiar you're with that book, uh, Hawthorne wrote it because of his connections to Judge Haythorne, um, his, I guess, uh, great-grandfather maybe, something like that, some family connection, who, uh, you know, put all those witches on trial. And he was pretty sure that his family was actually cursed because of it. And his uncle was Richard Stark. <laughs> Go on, check out 1922, written by Richard Stark. Listen, there's there's two things I could talk about this episode that I knew something about. Cell and this. And, and Chad... And you took Chad, 45 minutes for both. You came into this, and and, and you know what? I, I hope that... Um, I got nothing. I want something bad to happen to you and something you love. Check out 1922. Next is Mr. Mercedes. Oh, God, such a good show. I, okay, have you watched the second season? I have not watched what, it. I haven't finished the first. Look like uh, they're trying to channel Orson Welles. Huh? Look at the cover of the one that they're selling, the DVD print. I haven't seen the Mr. Mercedes. The artwork looks like, I, I know it's not. I know it's supposed to be the actual actor, 
but the angle and everything that they use looks like it could be Orson Welles. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's Brendan Gleeson. Uh, so Mr. Mercedes is is Mr. Mercedes, uh, uh, Finders Keepers, and End of Watch. It's a three book thing, and it deals with uh, Bill Hodges. Bill Hodges. I'm not crazy about the books. Uh, however, I love the character of Bill Hodges, and I love the character, uh, the char- I love the character of Bill Hodges, and is it Amy? Mm-hmm. I think so. And I, I like them. She actually goes, oh, she's a character in Chad for you for The Outsider, his last book last year. Oh, really? Yeah, she has a big part in The Outsider. Hmm. So, <clears throat> they turned it into a, Mercedes, uh, into a show, Mr. Mercedes, the first book, and it was uh, executive produced and created by David Kelly. David Kelly, who gave us uh, uh, the practice, uh, what else? Boston Legal, failed Wonder Woman, Ally McBeal. <laughs> I actually think it was a pretty good show, and was I actually kind of enjoyed it slightly more than I did the book. Well, yeah, Brent, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson as Bill Hodges. Bill Hodges is a very hefty guy yeah. who is Brendan Gleeson's age, who needs to lose weight. He's a retired cop. And he never got to track down the Mr. Mercedes, who was this killer, who during right at 08, 09, when people in the stock market crash and people are out of work, there's a job fair. And he takes a Mercedes that he steals from a woman and runs a bunch of people over, including a baby, which is pretty graphic. And they do it in the in the, uh, show, yeah. in the show too. And it was, I watched it right after my son was born. It, was, it hit a little bit harder home. Yeah. So it's a really enjoyable show. However... Season two skips book two and goes to book three mm-hmm. and only gets about half of book three, Chad. Hmm. So am I the only one who's watched all of season two? Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's I. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Christy enjoyed it because she likes the character and Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, oh, not Bill. I actually heard her say it. Mm-hmm. it I don't know. It is just... Hmm, that's disappointing. Yeah. They changed, and about the second part of the season is nothing like the book. So, hmm. Wonder the Dome. A little bit. I don't know. They ended it in such a way, I don't know that there's going to be a season three. Have you guys, you guys looked this up or know yet? I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't know that there might be a season two, so yeah. I was happy about that. I hope there is more. I'd like for him to kind of be done with Brady Hartsfeld. Who is the character in the first and third book? For you all who haven't read them, Brady Hartsfeld is Mr. Mercedes. Mm-hmm. He is a he has a more of a out of body experience in the third book. Oh, really? You never read the third book? No, I haven't read the books. Oh, you haven't read the books? No, nope. I'm the only one. Mr. Okay. Mercedes is. All right then, moving right along. Then there's Castle Rock, which I haven't seen one episode of. Uh, not to be Ten confused. Has. Not to be confused with Castle Rock. That's true. I am it, taking my time like a fine wine watching this show. It's it's really good. Um, Pennywise is in it. What's his name? I can't pronounce it. Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, well, Bill Skarsgård. He's one of Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him in the show is fantastic, and he and so far he's barely said a word. I'm not. I'm not too. The, the main character is not really grabbing it for me, but the show itself is, is spooky. He not the main? Huh? I thought he was the main character. No, the main the main character is an attorney who okay. lived in Castle Rock, and there's. No, I don't want to give any much away, but basically. J.J. Abrams produces the show, right? Right. James just decided to leave. 
Would you recommend the show to people? I would recommend the show, yeah. All right. That it's week... really good. I, I, the, the big thing I'm having an issue with is it's not a Stephen King book. It takes place in the Stephen King universe, and there's a lot of tie-ins to the Stephen King universe that I'm just not getting. I've had to look up a few, and I'm like, I did not even see that. Yeah. So it's it. You don't have to be a Stephen King fan. That to, helps. To, it helps, but at the same time, a lot of it doesn't really drive the story. It's just in there because as as an homage to Stephen King. So there's basically, and there's a bunch of stuff in development, but these are the four that looks like we will be getting. Uh, the Outsider is going to be in a series. Oh, really? I saw that. The Outsider, I just finished this book that came out this year, read it this summer, enjoyed it. Uh, not a great book. Uh, it's right in the vein of the Mr. Mercedes books. So if you enjoyed those, it's pretty much, it's quite a bit like that. Then we're going to get it. Chapter two will be next September, which we're all excited for. Mm -hmm. Same people. Doctor Sleep is going to be directed by Mike Flanagan, and it stars Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance. Have you guys ever read the book? I'm not a fan. <laughs> okay. It sounds like I know Stephen King's my favorite living author, but, but I just why aren't you a fan? I love the character of Danny Torrance, but I can't tell you the plot. I know okay. where he works. I know it's a nursing home. I know he helps people cross over. He's an alcoholic. I read the whole damn book. I don't remember what the rest of it was about, and I'm sitting here looking at you all. James is back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how much it stuck with me. So the character, once again, nobody writes better three-dimensional characters than Stephen King, and that's the reason why you care. That's the reason the horror is so effective, is because, oh my God, I don't want that to happen to Bill Hodges. Like Kristen watching something go, oh, not Bill. Yeah. Even though that's clearly a TV show. Mm -hmm. But I don't... And that Mike Flanagan guy, man, he's just talented. I wrote his stuff at Oculus. Hush. Did you watch Hush? No, I didn't watch it's it. It's about the deaf girl. He directed yeah. that too. That's really good. Really? And he directed Ouija Origin of Evil. I actually watched it when I was on maternity leave. I didn't see the first one, but I watched that one. It wasn't bad. Okay. I don't that's, go that's, just weird, that's just a weird one. It, no, that, we... It, it got better. That's the sequel, right? That's the sequel. The, it's not bad, and it's the it takes it place. It got better. I mean, most people said it was a better movie than the one it was following. I, it, I'm sure it was. It's not great, but I'm sure it was. Uh, just like the Annabelle creation, I guess people hated it, but the sequel, I watched the sequel to it, and I thought it was pretty damn good. By the way. Yeah. Anyway. So what's the fourth one? The last one so, is, is, is based on a novella written by he, Stephen King and Joe Hill called In the Tall Grass. It, that's I, I'm glad I got back in time for that one because that's the one that I'm I'm I kind of want to see. I want to see it too because of who directed it, who's directing it, Vincenzo Natale. No idea. Cube. No, haven't seen it. You never seen Cube? Nope. Don't talk to me, Mister Sandlot. No. You, Cube's better wait. than Sandlot. What? I doubt it. It's you good. really have never seen Cube? I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm with James on this one. There's a couple of the tonight Cube I can't believe you never saw. Hell, I, I can't say it's my... Like, that, when Cube came out, I was obsessed with Cube for about six months. You and no... Uh, yeah. Somebody want to give it to me so I can watch it? Throw it All right, sure. I'll watch it. It's, it's, um, it's one of the best low-budget films ever okay, made. And, and did spawn, what, three sequels? Cause yeah, he Cube, had nothing to do with them. And he directed yeah, a couple of movies Cube, that aren't Cube, great. Copper Cube and Cube Zero. And you would also know him from another movie he made that I know you love called Splice. Yep. Oh, Splice is good. Yeah. Yeah. So I like Splice. No, Splice <laughs> is damn good. 
He he also um he also I, I, a I like splice by drinking orange slice. See what he I did? also do, do you know what else he did, Joe? Yeah, he directed several Your Mama? What else? No. <laughs> he he got started um as a storyboard artist. He was a storyboard artist for a uh, cartoon that I know Chad enjoys, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Ooh. He was a storyboard artist for 65 episodes of that in 1991. Uh, he worked on Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, he did. Things that we have talked about before. FYI, and also- he's a fascinating guy, and uh, Mick Garris had him on uh, Postmortem, and he was really interesting about how Splice was a huge, uh, what a huge bomb, even though he said... After he got it done, I've heard Tarantino say this about Pulp Fiction, but he said, when Splice was done and released, I I, I, I don't want to die, but if you came in here and shot me in the head, it'd be, I made Splice. It's a really good movie. It's fantastic. Nobody's ever saw it. No. And that's what he talks about is that, yeah, no, it was a bomb. It didn't help my career whatsoever. <clears throat> but He also, he, by the way, um, was a storyboard artist for Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Well, it makes so, sense. I mean, he lives in Toronto. Cult movies that people love... He's worked on. So, yeah, you should check out Cube. So that's the, kind of the end of our Stephen King episode five. Well, you and, about In the Tall Grass, Joe. You talked about the director, but that's... so, And you mentioned that it was also Joe Hill. Um, I, that's all I know about it. Oh, well, the, so you, the cast and everything? No, I didn't look up the cast. Who is it? Uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Wilson. Um, the Wilsons. Yeah, basically not a lot of people have been announced yet. But um, do you know the plot of In the Tall Grass? Yeah, but I forgot. <laughs> Go it's, ahead and tell us, James. It's extremely general, which is what makes me excited about it, because it sounds like it could be the children of the corn that I wanted. Um, it's very simple. Brother and sister, the Wilson, uh, are driving through Kansas on a road trip, uh, and they start hearing calls for help. And to get to the calls for help, there's just this field of tall grass. Yeah. And they go into it to try to find out what's who's yelling for help. Yep. That's it. That's that is the plot a good, to the film. That is a good plot. And I have never been, I mean, because it's so generalized, it's so, but there's, it's, with Hill and King both working on it and, and, and the director and everything, like Joe said, just the feeling that, I, I'm I'm wondering what's in the tall grass. I want to know. He directed. And I see the movie. Yeah, he directed a lot of one of my favorite shows that no one watched. Uh, he directed a lot of Hannibal. Mm. Yeah. So him and David Slade. All so right. I guess to wrap up though, do we have time for one oh, question? Uh, real quick. Also, Harrison Gilbertson's in it. <clears throat> so out of all the, I don't know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Upgrade, Joe. Oh, I loved Upgrade. <laughs> The guy that played the scientist in Upgrade. I loved Upgrade. Uh, Upgrade. He's in Upgrade. He's in uh, a, a bunch of other stuff where he's pretty good in it. <laughs> so, um, yes, Upgrade. There you is, go. Is Upgrade there a, is now connected. Is there a Stephen King book that you have not seen made that you would like to see made? <sighs> James? Honestly, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, um, oh, and the Pet Cemetery remake's coming out. Oh, yeah. I totally left that off. With John Lithgow. With John Lithgow. The, uh... I completely forgot. Out. Um, I would actually love to see 
um, Dance Macabre. And what I mean by that, I would love to see him do a writing documentary. Uh, film. A documentary, yeah, of where he I goes back. I would love to have that yeah. because, and, and I guess that's kind of my thing with Stephen King. Uh, when he did that, um, I'll be honest, I became aware of that because Harlan Ellison's referenced in it and things like that. Um, but I think that's what makes Stephen King fascinating. I'm not a diehard fan, but I follow him on Twitter, and he's just a fascinating human being. When he talks about the art and the craft and what this looks like and how it differs. And I've mentioned before, you can watch him do the interview with him and George R. R. Martin. All of that stuff is great. So I would love to see him do a video or a, a film documentary version in the same vein as as Dance Macabre, if that makes sense. That's what I, as a nerd and geek and literary guy, would love to see. Yeah. What about you, Haley? Um, I know it's been made, but Salem's Lot in the vein of the most recent It movie. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I, an updated Salem's Lot, yeah. because I don't care for the, the Rob Lowe 2000 no. version. Yeah. Even though it's probably slightly closer to the book, they screwed up a couple of big things that yeah. affect the Dark Tower mm-hmm. with the priests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I I enjoy the Toby Hooper version much 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 more. Um, what about you? I got three. Yeah. And I'm conflicted because it's the Regulators. Yeah. Rose Matter. Why Rose Matter? It's such a good story. I've never read it. It's a it's about a it's about a woman who is escapes an abusive abusive marriage. The husband's a sadist. He would just beat her constantly yeah so she escapes to go live another life and then um she ends up uh while on the run she uh, um, somehow manages to get this painting that has supernatural elements to it okay and it allows her it, i'm not going to give too much away it's a good book but like i said into a movie now the one and i think this actually in the works um the talisman mm. but it's been in the works it's been in the works for a for long eons, time yeah and, but the talisman i would love to see made into a movie Mine has been made into a movie and has been made into a crappy TV series because I was going back and like I said, we reached, we shot part of this and then I watched, Haley was nice enough to send it to us. I don't, they still have never done Firestarter. No. There's a movie, but it's the most visual of the books. It, I don't, I don't know how you screwed that up. Little girl can throw flames at you and people have got mental abilities and it's a place called the shop and we've used the shop before. How you don't do that now is beyond me. How you screw that up, but they did. They found the way. James's book. What's the movie with um? It, it, you talking about it? Is it's the closest I've seen to what I think a Firestarter movie should be with Michael Shannon. Oh, um, is it with the kid who's a with the kid? And at the end, they pretty much uh, Michael Shannon shows... taking. Oh, uh, what's it called? I watched it. I watched it on HBO. Uh, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. Was midnight um, in the title of it. Yeah, it's it's something midnight. It's good. There's a couple of good. Uh, God damn it! What's the name of that? Hold on, hold on. I've got it. I've got it. He's an He's alien, midnight right? Special. Midnight special. Shining down on you. Yeah. So I yeah, I, I would like to do Firestarter. I, I and the stand. Um, the stand has a really good mini series made out of it. I I. I don't know the dark. I don't think I could do the Dark Tower. Yeah, because I would get caught. I wouldn't want to change it. So that means you would just be bogged down with stuff. Yeah. That train would work really well. 
What do you mean? The train in the movie. Yeah. It would it would go really well. Yeah. I, I just don't I, I I it just wouldn't What, James? I, well, I, I've got a question kind of like Chad's, and I know we're going long, but I actually want to know what you all think about this because you all are more Stephen King readers than I am. If Stephen King was going to pick a work to reinterpret, so he's going to take something that already exists and reinterpret it, what would you want him to do? I'd say I Am Legend, but he kind of already did that with Salem's Lot. Um, What about you? Everything poops. <laughs> what? Everything poops. Okay. That's, a, that's an inspired choice, my friend. Thank you. Does it have to be horror? No, that's what I mean. And literally, that's what I was wondering. Because like, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I. Uh, what about you, Haley? I missed the question. If Stephen King were to buy you a birthday lunch. <laughs> Would you get the ranch or would you get the honey mustard for your salad? Those are the only two options. What Chad, would you, what would you, you pick? can't have blue cheese. It's oh, she picked ranch. What, James? What was your question? The honey mustard. No, my question actually was um, because Stephen King does do such a good job with characters, and you are more Stephen King readers than I am. If Stephen King was going, if he, if there's one work that you could recommend Stephen King reinterpret, what would it be? I can't really think of anything. I, it would be. I would love to see what he would do because he is so strong with characters, of of redoing, um, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that that'd be interesting because he talks about it in a in in. Um, it pops up a lot. It pops up. So I mean, oh oh, uh, Vincent Price's Vincent Price's cookbook. Let him rewrite. Let him rewrite that. A treasury of recipes, sir. Thank you. I, I got That's one. Like, I would I actually you. like him to do a Lovecraft story, probably, because Lovecraft's characters were not necessarily the most three-dimensional things on earth. And he's talking you know, about I, loving Lovecraft when he's young, and now going back into it and not having as much attachment to it. And I feel the same way as if I loved Lovecraft as a teenager in my early twenties. And a few years ago, I read some, and I didn't have. I, re, I actually read at the mountains of Madden, at the mouth, at the mountain sea, at the mouth of madness, bastards, <laughs> at mountains of madness, and uh, I didn't have the attachment to it. I did, you know, it, it has those visuals, it has those ideas in it, but it, it needs to be more in grounded. My version, the hill of Wackadoo. <laughs> uh, now, you know, and, and this is an entire conversation for another time, but I think Stephen King has always done characters well. And talking about that same thing, I've been going back and reading more quote-unquote classic science fiction, and Brave New World gets away with it because it's about manipulating people's minds. But I read uh, when worlds, I'm reading When Worlds Collide right now because it's... Said George you know, Powell to his bride. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Joe. Uh, <laughs> but, um, God, that book is sexist as the day is long. So is Haley. I mean, so it, that's what makes it really interesting to me is I think um, I do. I'm, I'm not the Stephen King reader you are, Joe, You've but mentioned I do agree it. with you that his characters are great. It's the character creation. I would like to see him do a Lovecraft story. Yeah, that that might be interesting. I don't. I don't. That's a good, that's a decent question. I was almost say good. I mean, I'd love to see what he would do to reboot the Blues Brothers too, but let's not go too far. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been Stephen King Part 5. Thank God. God, that was a, this is a long it's episode. Done. Do you have anything else to say before you leave and go off into the sunset and never talk to us again? Got a few more episodes after Isn't this. Isn't she going to help us with a certain episode about boy wizards? 
Oh. Jay, Chad and I aren't allowed to do that episode. Megan's Law. You're not if you're not if you're going to pee people off because I was going to tag J.K. Rowling, my close personal, she not really friend J.K. Rowling in that one, and I'm not. No, I am going to give, I'm going to give, uh, uh Harry, uh, P as much credit as he's due. Um, that being said, the new uh, the this week the new uh, it'll be a couple weeks by the time this comes out, but the script came out as a book for the new Fantastic Beast movie. And, and we'll talk about the Fantastic Beast when we do our two-parter on Harry Potter because yep. that's the only ones I can watch. Who, yeah. by the way, who, who is a big fan of J.K. Rowling? Stephen King. Richard Stephen Stark. King. Richard Stark. And on He's that dead. bombshell... Dead, Joe. Follow us on YouTube. Dead. Please follow David us on your like social... dead. He is no more. iTunes, what SoundCloud. You can find us at Bonehead oh, Weekly God. on YouTube and SoundCloud. Bonehead Humor on iTunes. We'll get that fixed. Website, share us on your social media. We need the hits. We actually... This will come out before, but we have a pretty cool... couple of pretty cool interviews coming up. And we have a big two-parter about a certain boy wizard coming up that we've promised our fans... Thank and I've done so my much. research. I've watched Pottersville. I'm ready to go. He's Pottersville? Oh, man, Potter. <laughs> I've just been watching Jimmy Stewart movies. That's your Jimmy Stewart? Oh, yeah. It sounds like you're Don Knotts. Oh, yeah. By the way, we should oh, do a Don God, Knotts they, episode. I would love for them to play it off of one another. I'd I'll love write to do it on it. the board. Yeah, Don Knotts. Bye, everybody. Bye, Haley, who doesn't love us anymore. He's a man who shot Liberty Dallas with that one bullet. Hey, James. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you don't print the truth. You print the legend. Well, yeah. <laughs> of, of, of Hill House. Great. Print that legend of Hill House. Make some money. Bye. I'm just going to sit here. How long did that go? Two and a half damn hours? That was actually longer than the Dark Tower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>